folks, welcome to Big Axe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to come to you at the end of this weekend, beginning of the first week of Denver Nuggets preseason games. Oh man, oh man, we are in the thick of it now, folks. We are so close, and by the time you listen to this podcast... Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. may have already played their first game in a long, long time. I'm really excited for it. I will be there on, uh, it's October 3rd is when the game is taking place in o- or versus uh, Oklahoma City at Ball Arena. Tickets should still be available, folks. So if, if it's not sold out, then I suggest going down there because I do think that they're going to play. So make sure to take a look. But for now... I want to go through a variety of news items that came out, including uh, that just happened this afternoon. I'm recording this Sunday night. That the Denver Nuggets just extended Calvin Booth, along with several other front office members. It's a really exciting thing. We'll get into that in the first segment. Second segment, going to do my final training camp takeaways because I think uh, given my travel schedule, given the way that things kind of finished up, I didn't really wrap things up and I wasn't able to talk about the scrimmage that much. So I'll basically share some thoughts there. And then third segment, we'll preview preseason and what that's going to look like for the Denver Nuggets. But first, let's get into the news. The Nuggets extended Calvin Booth. Mike Singer had this first for the Denver Post. Calvin Booth is going to be extended through the 2024-25 season. And this makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons, but why? Why is this the right thing? Why are the Nuggets doing this now? I think it's because he proved himself. I think he passed the test of this past offseason and really set the Nuggets up for the foreseeable future. Along with Booth, Other front office members are also getting extended. Uh, Mike basically said the entire front office, or he said basically the entire front office in quotes. I trust that. I haven't done the digging on just exactly who got the extensions and who did not, or if there was anybody that did not. But some other notable front office members that were probably extended here, Tommy Balchettis, part of the Nuggets regime for a long, long time. He's the assistant GM now was the director of basketball analytics. Scott Howard, who is the newly hired director of player personnel, along with the GM of the Grand Rapids Gold, he's probably getting an extension too, unless this was already written into his contract, and unless he already got the three-year deal at the beginning. Marty Poshis, assistant director of pro personnel, spent a lot of time talking to Marty over the week and really enjoyed my conversations with him. He's very intelligent, very smart. He deserves this as well. Ben Tenzer, he's the VP of Basketball Ops, also does some VP work for the Grand Rapids Gold as well. Ben is very smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. I don't have the entire list, and there are other people that I didn't mention that also got extended, but that's kind of the basic trajectory here is it's these are uh, There's a lot of people here, Tommy, Marty, Ben, and Calvin, who have been with Denver for the majority of the last five years. Scott Howard obviously is newly hired, but this group is relatively stable. They've had this group pretty consistently for a while. 
And you spoke, like I spoke to them over the course of this past week in San Diego. And I was just very impressed with the way things have gone, with how they pre- presented these moves, how they uh, were very much on a united front on what was going to be the plan. And it's just, it feels really solid. It feels like a good move and solid validation that the Nuggets did their job this offseason and getting better and kind of rectifying some of the wrongs that were created on the way out. Josh Kroenke said at his presser that there would be something in the works back in late May or so. Obviously, it was a bit delayed. I think they just wanted to wait and see. Although I do think that it's possible that this was kind of a foregone conclusion all the way back then. But we also saw Stan and Josh at practice in San Diego on Friday, so perhaps they looked to finalize things then. And it wouldn't surprise me if they looked to finalize things then because the vibes were so good in training camp around San Diego that I'm not surprised that if ownership came into the gym and saw how everything was going, they had to feel pretty comfortable about the direction of the team for sure. Here's the full list of Calvin Booth moves in the offseason. Now, I might be missing one or two things here or there, but hang with me. First thing he did was he traded Jamichael Green and a 2027 first rounder to Oklahoma City for the 30th pick and two second round picks. That basically turned into Peyton Watson and Ismael Kamigate. The Nuggets love Kamigate. I heard some great things from the front office during last week about what Kamigate was doing and what he looked like. There's a lot of Robert Williams style potential with him. Maybe not as athletic or physically imposing, but he does have a similar frame and he moves pretty well to the point where the Nuggets could see him playing both next to and behind Nikola Jokic. Maybe he's a good pairing with Zeke Naji off the bench. Something to think about. Obviously, they traded their 2027 first in that move, but if Peyton Watson turns into the player that the front office believes that he can be, then great. We're not going to know that for a while, though, so uh, we're just going to have to see. Calvin drafted Christian Brown at 21. He has a chance to play immediately this year. Traded Monte Morris and Will Barton for Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Ish Smith. KCP will be the starter this year and basically is the perfect fit for what the Nuggets need at the two in a lineup that features Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Nikola Jokic. He also signed Joker to the Supermax, made sure not to mess around there. He gave him the full boat, no questions asked, which is fine. Even if you go by ESPN's ranking, he's the second best player in the world right now, or at least projected to be the second best player in the world. I think he has a great opportunity to be the first best player in the world after this this season, if the Nuggets do what I think they can do. So it's great to get a guy like that locked in. He also signed DeAndre Jordan to a minimum deal. Let me reiterate, it's a minimum deal. He signed Bruce Brown to a mini MLE deal. Uh, That's the taxpayer MLE. Bruce Brown was worth more than that. I have no doubt that when he finishes up this year, he's going to decline that player option, and either the Nuggets are going to give him that 120% raise that they can give him, or 
some other team is going to give him a lot more than that. He re-signed Davon Reed. He re-signed Vlako Chanchar. He added Colin Gillespie and Jack White on two-way contracts. Here's the thing. Objectively, the Nuggets are just better than they were last season. Some of that has to do with just getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter back. And maybe Tim Connolly would have been able to make the moves that Calvin made. Maybe the Nuggets would have been fine had they been under their previous regime. But subjectively, some of the moves that Calvin has made, some of the things that he has prioritized and made at the core of what he believes, completely differs from what Tim Connolly did. There's versatility, there's defense, there's athleticism, there's just a lot there that the Nuggets kind of lost with Tim Connolly in charge. Some of that was not his own doing. Like, P.J. Dozier goes down with an injury, you're forced to trade Gary Harris, Will Barton kind of degenerates athletically. It's not all Tim Connolly's fault that they decided to go with a guy like Faku Compazzo or... Uh, drafting, or not drafting, but adding a guy like Marcus Howard. Like, sometimes those moves don't work out. But Calvin has clearly rectified some wrongs here. He has clearly put this team back on a track where you can feel really good about picking them to win the title. And sure, there's definite injury questions that the Nuggets are going to need to handle. But from what I understand and from what we're about to see, I think those injury questions are going to look a little bit foolish in just about 20 games. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team grow. Calvin's done a great job. The rest of the front office has completely fell into lockstep on what the Nuggets want to do, on how they can continue getting better. And the vibes are just legit great. There is no way around it that this team, they sense that they can do something. And being able to feel that, being in the vicinity there, it gives you a really solid appreciation for the veterans that Calvin added as well. Not letting Ish Smith go. Uh, Adding DeAndre Jordan. There was a reason why those veterans were a part of this team. I promise you. So, good for Cal. Good for the rest of the Nuggets front office. Like I said, through the 24-25 season. What that says to me is that the Nuggets have three years, two if it goes badly, but three in all likelihood. They gave KCP a two-year extension to bring his contract to three years. Jamal Murray has three years remaining on his contract. And at that point, it feels like the Nuggets will, they'll have the opportunity to make a change if they need to or if they want to. But for now... It feels like they have their team. It feels like they have their group. And I'm just excited to see what the Nuggets continue to do under this front office. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss training camp and why the vibes were so good. But first, folks, football is back. As you know, week four, just about in the books. I know Sunday night football is going on right now. I'm sorry to all the Broncos fans that had to endure A loss to Josh McDaniels and the Raiders? Good lord. Just a horrible way to go. But hey, Superbook, they're bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. 
and now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. and roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's talk about the final tr- takeaways I have from training camp and what I think Nuggets fans can get really excited about. Also, there might be some concern, but we will discuss those things all in hand. So what are the people saying? What is everybody feeling about the Nuggets right now? Well, being there last week, being in San Diego, there was definitely this sense that the Nuggets are sitting on a gold mine, that they feel like they really, really have something. But you also couldn't get a whole bunch of discussion out of the front office or the coaching staff or anything like that in terms of being able to puff out their chest a little bit and think about how great they actually are. There is a lot of discussion about show not tell, about how The Nuggets don't want to talk about it. They want to be about it. That's a lot of what people, specifically Michael Malone, are saying. And the front office is kind of taking his his indication on that because they're not talking. They're not saying, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to be a championship contender this year. They're saying, okay, we feel really good. We're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. Still have a long way to go. That is really what the feeling is like. And I'm not surprised by that because this Nuggets team has been burned in the past where they've gotten too high. You get it all ripped away from you at a moment's notice. And the Nuggets were feeling really good at that point. And it just goes from being on cloud nine to being in hell as quickly as they jump off the ground. The Nuggets... They know that they have these expectations and they can feel the pressure of that, but they also feel so, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It definitely feels matter of fact that they should be a title contender. Everybody looks around at what the Nuggets have done at what the previous regime did players that didn't really play last year. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown. You just add those players in and kind of replace the previous minutes that were being doled out, and you have just a much more valuable group. Those are pretty clearly Denver's second, third, fifth, and sixth best players on the team. The others being Jokic at one, Gordon at four, and Bones at seven. That's kind of how I would grade this thing out. And where Denver's at with their talent is pretty telling. They feel extremely talented. And the starting lineup from what everybody is talking about is that, yes, they did lose a scrimmage 
to the second unit. Yes, there are still some kinks that they have to iron out, but the foundation is clearly there. And you could see it in training camp. Michael Malone said as much. You had uh, Christian Brown when kind of put under a a little bit of honesty there. He said, oh, yeah, this, the starters are just really, really good. There's a lot of guys that that's sort of their – that's sort of what they're thinking. That's sort of how they're feeling. Sometimes they won't say it. Sometimes you have to kind of uh, dig it out of them a little bit. But it's pretty clear that this team is feeling good about where they stand. And the reason more than anything why they're feeling good is the way that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter have progressed. Now, those two things are separate, I think. Let's start with Murray. Murray looks fantastic. There are still some explosive plays that he probably can't make, probably isn't lifting all the way above the rim as much as he was. That's going to take a little bit to come back for sure. But in terms of the shot making, in terms of the creation, in terms of just being competent defensively, Murray's pretty close to all the way back there. And the Nuggets, they know that they can always go to that Jokic-Murray two-man game, that pick-and-roll, that dribble-handoff game, and know that both of those guys can go at one-on-one matchups and feel really, really good about their chances. So Murray is in a good place. Everybody, I think, acknowledges that he's not 100% of what he was at this current point in time, but there's a consistent belief that he will get there, that it's just going to take some time. Malone was very adamant about that, heard some other players and other coaches and front office folks. They all think that too. It's not a situation where they don't think that they that Murray won't be at his best by April. They believe that he'll be really, really good. And I do too. Now, Michael Porter, it's a little bit different. Porter the health concerns are lesser than I think a lot of people think. I think at this stage, based off of what we've heard, based off of what we've seen, that Porter is going to play more, especially initially, than people think. Now, will he sit out the second or third game of the season because it's a back-to-back? Maybe. The Nuggets are going to have to be cautious with him, even if he doesn't want to be cautious himself. But at some point, I think they're going to experiment with them just playing on the back-to-backs. They're not going to, like, I think they're going to make sure to communicate to him that any time you feel any twinge in your back, please be proactive in telling us and we want to help you. But I think that they're mostly going to let him go. I think they're mostly going to let him cook. And more so than Murray, where I think his regimen and his recovery and his rehab, I think, is very understood. Porter's is still a mystery. Porter, you're still trying to figure out what is the best path forward for a guy with his particular injury. And they still don't really know. But Porter says he's healthy. Porter says he feels good. And until Porter doesn't say he feels good, I think the Nuggets are going to continue to rely on his ability to interpret how he feels. He's the one who's going to tell people, hey, I feel right, or hey, I don't feel right. And I don't think that they're going to have as strong of a plan for Porter 
as I think that they will for Murray. Like, I think you can basically cross off every back-to-back for Murray. I don't think you can do the same for Porter. I don't know whether he's going to play more games than Murray. Like, I think it's more possible that Porter has to sit out for stretches at various points. But don't be surprised if it feels a little bit different, or maybe he's playing back-to-backs a little bit sooner than somebody like Murray is. Next, Bones and Zeke. Those are the two young players that everybody kind of had their eyes on. What were they going to do? What were they going to look like after last season? Bones, he gave Denver the confidence that he could handle the backup point guard position, be a part of that playoff rotation, so much so that the Nuggets were willing to give up Monte Morris. And for now, like I don't know how it's ultimately going to look, but in practice, in the scrimmages, Bones looks in complete control in a lot of ways. And he's going to be, he's not the perfect point guard. He's not the perfect player. There are still going to be some weaknesses to his game that he's going to have to navigate. For example, his in-between game, between the rim and kind of that mid-range area, kind of in the floater zone, is not good enough. He's going to have to work on that. He's going to have to improve his floater. He's going to have to find ways to be comfortable getting to that. He's also going to have to continue to work on tightening up his footwork and his release time in terms of his pull-up jump shooters, pull-up jump shooting, excuse me. That's stuff that he can work on though. And a lot of it is just, hey, we think that you're going to be better from year one to year two. And I got to tell you, he is acting like he's going to be better from year one to year two. That dude is as confident as they come. He believes in his ability to carry the bench unit. He believes that if he's on the court, he and the Nuggets are going to figure it out. And it's no wonder. Like Everybody's very excited about what Bones can do. Everybody believes that he's earned his keep. And so is he going to relinquish backup point guard minutes to Ish Smith? Probably not. I'm very curious to see what it looks like, but... I do think that he's just in a really, really good place. And it would not surprise me if he averaged close to 17, 18 points per game off the bench this year. Just looks really, really good. Now, Zeke. Zeke is a really interesting one because he initially started in the rotation as the backup, uh, as the third string center, basically, where the Nuggets, they didn't really know what to do with him. And I think this might have been more of a chess rather than checkers thing from Michael Malone, where he put Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan in the primary second unit. And then he put Zeke as the third teamer. And boy, did Zeke have a good week. He had a really, really good week all around. Defensively, offensively, hustle-wise, doing the big man stuff, playing more traditionally. He's figuring stuff out. And it's I'm I'm really glad to see it because I've always kind of seen this capability from him, but it really was just kind of unlocking that dog in him. He's been pretty passive in a lot of ways during this past year or during this past couple years for his rookie and sophomore seasons. He has figured some stuff out. He has figured out that he has to just kind of get dirty a little bit. He seems a little bit more willing to do that after putting on some pounds. He looks big. He looks mean. 
So I think that's going to be a good spot. That backup center spot, I think that's going to be really good for Zeke. But it's not where he's currently at. Like I still think that DeAndre Jordan is going to play over him in the first preseason game. Let's talk about the current rotation. You've got the starters, Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. They've got the primary bench, which I think is going to be Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. I think that that's how it's going to start. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they immediately go to Zeke. Maybe they work in Christian Brown as opposed to Davon Reed. Do I think that's likely? No. I think it's more likely that the Nuggets go with their veterans. And as Michael Malone has done in past years, once those vets kind of fail a little bit, then he lets the young guys kind of step in for them. That's how it worked with Bones. And it worked out. And it it showed without a shadow of a doubt that Bones deserved to be in the rotation. We're going to see what it looks like with Zeke. There could be some times where he's the power forward next to DJ at center. Could be some times where he's the center and Jeff Green's the power forward, or maybe it's Vlaco Chanchar, or it's Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter staggering off the bench. The Nuggets have this flexibility, and it seems like, like I know they want to get to the place, and I and Michael Malone has actually said this too. So this is one of the takeaways. He said they, and and I think the front office has said this too to me that one of Murray, Jokic, or Porter is going to have to be on the floor at all times, going to help with the scoring. So I don't know if we're going to see a whole bunch of all-bench units, but I would be surprised if we saw staggered units early in the season. Michael Malone has always loved to give guys opportunities, especially early, to prove that they can handle certain things. And whether that's a good idea or not, I don't really care. I think it's fine. I think if you're Michael Malone, You don't want to close off the rotation so quickly that it cuts off guys' confidence a little bit and that it gets guys out of rhythm. You want to play 10. You want to play, uh, if you have to sub out some guys here or there, so be it. But I think it makes more sense for them to go with that 10-man rotation. And maybe Zeke's on the outside looking in, but I don't think that that's going to be for long. If I had to guess, I would say that Zeke is most likely to become the third big behind Jokic and Gordon, where Gordon goes off the floor, let's say the four-minute mark in the first quarter, and Zeke plays next to Nikola Jokic for two minutes, and then he slides over to backup five when somebody like Jeff Green comes in. I think that's how Denver should do it. I think Malone is going to default to Jeff Green kind of being in that third big role to start, but we're going to see. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the Nuggets preseason schedule and what to look for. We'll be right back. everybody. We're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn, your final segment on this Sunday evening. You'll probably listen to it Monday morning, hopefully. Hopefully before the first Nuggets preseason game, because that is coming up 
If you're listening to this on Monday, it's at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, if that helps you. The Nuggets are going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday evening. Then they're going to take a little bit of a break, and they're going to play at Chicago on Friday, October 7th. So that's an away game. They'll come back and play next Monday versus the Phoenix Suns on October 10th. After that, they'll play two more games, and they're both on the road. At the LA Clippers on October 12th, and at the Golden State Warriors in, I think, Chase Center? I think that's where it is? On October 14th. So if that's the case, if that's what the Nuggets are going to end up doing, then I have some takeaways for sure. But let's start with the biggest questions. First one, I think everybody wants to know this. What is the plan for Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr.? Well, neither of them showed up on the injury report. The only players that showed up on the injury report were, well, it was just Colin Gillespie, actually, with his leg injury after surgery. So the expectation is that Denver starters play, is that they all play in that first game. Now, is that going to continue for the entire preseason? No, I don't think anybody really expects that. But to start and in front of the home fans, I think the Nuggets are going to have their guys back and they're going to have a full complement of players. How exciting is that? It's been a long time since the Nuggets could say something like that where Mur and I guess Colin Gillespie being out makes it so it doesn't fully count. But Gillespie wasn't really going to be a part of things. So now, they have their full starting five. And that's what's projected to play on October 3rd. Now, October 7th, October 10th, October 12th, October 14th. I don't really know what the plan is for them. But what I do know is that for Murray and MPJ specifically, they're not going to play every game. Nor were they really expected to. I would guess that they don't play on the 10th and the 14th. I'm going to guess that they play on the 3rd, on the 7th, and on the 12th. Give them ample opportunities to play. Have a lot of opportunities for them to work with Nikola Jokic during that stretch. I'd guess that Jokic doesn't play in Golden State uh, at the Chase Center in the final game of the preseason, but that he does play against Phoenix on October 10th. I could be wrong about this schedule. This is really just me giving some conjecture, trying to give you guys at least a little bit of a frame of reference. But Malone said that Jokic is not going to play all of the preseason games. And the same is true for Murray and MPJ. So how many games will the starters each play? I think Murray and MPJ will play three. I think Aaron Gordon will probably play three. I think KCP will probably play four, and Nikola Jokic will probably play four. That would be my guess. I could be wrong about Jok, by the way. He could play three as well. The reason why I have KCP at four is because he's a new guy, though he's very plug-and-play, and the Nuggets don't necessarily need to really focus in on his uh, full knowledge and understanding of what Nikola Jokic wants. I do think they're going to want to give him some opportunities to play with these guys. But with Murray and Porter specifically, they're definitely not going to play all five. You can say that for now. But I do think they may play 
that for, they're, they're going to play that first one. I feel very confident that unless something changes from the actual plan, they're going to play in the first game. Now, what does the bench look like in each game? It's a good question. I would guess that it mixes and matches a little bit. Say that Bones probably gets a game or two off here or there. I'd say that Jeff Green probably gets at least two games off. And DeAndre Jordan gets at least two games off. Now, whether those guys are each going to be in the primary rotation or not, that remains to be seen. I think Zeke Naji probably plays at least four games, maybe all five. I think Christian Brown plays all five. I think Davon Reed plays all five. I think Bruce Brown, he might play just four, but I'd kind of expect him to play all five too. And then the Nuggets can kind of mix and match with some of their combinations a little bit. They're going to want to see different bench combinations for sure. They're going to want to see whether maybe, I don't, I don't think they're going to see a lot of staggering with the second unit during the regular season or during the preseason. I think you're going to see mostly all bench units, except for maybe Jokic plays nine minutes in the first quarter and the rest of the starters play just seven. So that's where you'll get some overlap, but that's it. That's kind of normal. More than anything, I think you're going to see Zeke and DeAndre Jordan battle for the backup five spot. I think you're going to see Ish Smith play mostly the garbage time minutes, but he might get some time in place of Bones, or maybe they try Bones at the two in at least some of those minutes for sure. Bruce Brown, perhaps he starts one of the games in place of KCP, and then Denver can get a look at that. And perhaps during some of the times where Murray and MPJ are sitting, Bones hops into the starting unit, and a guy like Davon Reed or Christian Brown or Bruce Brown hops into this into the first unit. It's going to look a little weird, and I do think that it's going to be difficult to gain like full sets of data from the five preseason games. But there will be a lot of different looks. There's going to be some games where everybody plays. There's going to be games where four people sit out. I think that's the most likely one for that is at Golden State on October 14th, the final preseason game. Because if they sit that game and it's just the final game that those guys play is October 12th, then it gives the Nuggets a full week off before they have to play in Utah for their season opener. Now, next question, where does Denver excel? It's probably the biggest thing that Nuggets fans are looking for during the stretch. How do they win these minutes? How do they look? What are the best parts of it? In all likelihood, Jokic is not going to shoot a lot of shots. He's probably going to take at max 10 in each of the games. And what it's more going to look like is a lot of what I saw from the scrimmage, where he took one shot when the media walked in the door, and then he didn't take another shot for the rest of the quarter. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, because I do think the best thing for the Nuggets is to work in the other guys, because Jokic is just going to take care of himself, or he's going to, he's he's fine. Like, if he has to ramp up during the first regular season game, he's going to do it against Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Yudoka Azabuki. I don't think he's worried about that one. Now, I think 
most people would just like to see Murray and Porter play well. But I think they're probably going to be in the category where Denver still needs a little improvement. But what I will say, do not overreact to bad shooting splits. This is where the Nuggets try things. This is where the Nuggets are ironing out the kinks. The Warriors, when they played the Golden or when they played the Washington Wizards in Japan over the weekend in that first game, their starters combined to make 20 or they combined for like 24 points on 34 shots. It was horrible. They were absolutely atrocious. But nobody cares because they are a very stable team. And you know that when the going gets tough, they're going to be better. The Nuggets will be too. So don't overreact if Murray shoots one of eight because Tatum shot two of eight. So like, is it really that big of a difference? I think Curry shot like one of seven in his first game too. So it's not about the shooting percentages. It's about how guys are moving, how they're connecting. Are they, are they giving the proper effort defensively? Are they making the right rotations defensively? And how much does that leave them for the offensive end? Are they executing sets? Are they generating open shots? If they're generating open shots and they're just not hitting them, who cares? Like, the shots will eventually fall. They've got a really good shooting roster. So I'm not really worried about that part of it. Where I would be concerned is if Denver still gives up like 75% field goal percentage at the rim. If they turn the ball over a bunch, which I think is a possibility given all the new pieces in the starting lineup. And if, I don't know, potentially if there's an injury or at least a big scare during the preseason, that'll drop down the mood real quick. Even if it's to somebody that isn't in the primary rotation. The Nuggets are in their most healthy spot that they've been in a long time. You want to be able to get through the preseason as healthy as possible. So I know no Nuggets players are listening to this one, but if any Nuggets front office member is, please, 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 please just help them get through it healthy. They'll figure it out on the other side. You guys know that. All right, last one. Do the opponents and the arenas matter at all? Because the Nuggets are playing OKC, Chicago, Phoenix, LA, and the Golden State Warriors. So OKC is, that's whatever. That's a very common opponent. Chicago, Eastern Conference opponent. Although it's a connection to Arturis Karnasovas. So uh, that may be one of the reasons why they're connecting. The other teams are all title contenders. And you don't know what those teams are going to bring to it. I think with the way that Golden State has played Curry and Clay and Draymond in um, in Tokyo, in Japan, then they are probably not going to play them a bunch at the end of the preseason. So you might see a whole bunch of people resting for that game. Question is, will Denver get a look at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Will Denver get a look at the Phoenix Suns against their healthy roster? How's it going to look when Murray and Devin Booker go back and forth? Things like that. So I'm very curious to see what that looks like. Another reason why I don't think that Murray is going to suit up for the game against Golden State is because if that is in Chase Center, it's where he tore his ACL. I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, yeah, we don't need to need to bring up some bad memories. Let's instead just 
sit him out since it's the final preseason game anyway. I don't think there's any reason for doubt there. Although, maybe it is a good idea to play him during that game. And then you don't necessarily feel bad if you sit him in the game at Chase Center in the second game of the regular season. Because that's on the first leg of a back-to-back. And Denver might just want to have him for the home game. Which is also fine. So, those are my questions. Those are where my mind is at for this current preseason. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments on this podcast. But for now, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the pod. If you can, it'd be awesome if you could leave a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. Helps to grow the program massively. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys after the game.